Welcome to the Streamline Training Show, where we teach busy people to cut through the noise around health and fitness to find a few fundamental truths that will let you make real changes to your habits so you can get maximum fitness results in minimal time using the smallest, most powerful frameworks. Welcome to the show. And welcome back to the show. As always, I'm your host, Johnny Wilson, and I'm joined in the studio by my lovely co-host. I'm back, Laura Wilson. Oh, it's not Chalula Jones was here last week. <laughs> Just my regular wife. Yeah, Laura's back in the studio. Mm, how's it feel <laughs> to be back, babe? Oh, it's wonderful. Yeah, Chalula did a great job, though. So I thought she did awesome. I better keep an eye on her. She might take my job. <laughs> How are you feeling this close to giving birth? Oh, that's a loaded question. Um... So, for context, I'm about 37 weeks. I'm, I'm 36 and a half. I feel like I'm 47 weeks pregnant. <laughs> um, good, honestly. I don't remember exactly how I felt during my first pregnancy mm. at this point. I think I was more swollen. I yeah. know I was having more calf cramps in oh the my night. Gosh. I scared Johnny so many times. He thought I was actively in Multiple labor times. when it was actually just a full-on tetany contraction <laughs> of my calf for the listeners at home just imagine this You're blissfully <laughs> asleep 3 right? a.m yeah it's it's late it's you know two three in the morning you're nice and hard asleep and then you hear two your immediate left you hear this <laughs> oh, oh, and you're thinking oh my gosh your wife's 38 weeks pregnant you're assuming the baby's coming out of her right now and you're like babe babe what is it and she says my calf is cramping <laughs> Uh, okay. The mixture of relief <laughs> and also frustration. I'm sure. Yeah, a little bit of fr- <laughs> frustration. I would have been annoyed. Not. I wasn't annoyed that you were you were having a calf cramp. I was just coming down off of a serious stress release or oh, a serious stress yeah. dump. You know. Yeah. Well, to be fair, that one in particular was the worst cramp I've ever felt. Like it. I had to get Johnny out of bed to stretch my leg because normally I could just jump up and put some stretch in my calf and it would go away, but I could not get rid of it. Toes were curled under, foot was plantar flexed, like pointed down in the ground. I was stuck and I was hurting. It was scary for me. Uh, not nearly for as scary. What, yeah, once I got up and realized it was a calf cramp, I was not worried about it. But, <laughs> but when at first she started groaning and then <laughs> <laughs> the breathing, whatever that is, yeah, the, <laughs> the serious inhale, I was very worried. Yeah, sorry. I went into go mode. <laughs> but thankfully that hasn't happened this this go around. Yeah, I'm I'm super grateful for that. Yeah, so I feel pretty good. I'm definitely getting uncomfortable. He's a big boy. Mm-hmm. Well, who? The ultrasound showed him at 6 pounds, 10 ounces when I was 36 weeks pregnant. And Annie was 8 pounds, 10 ounces. So probably right on track. Mm -hmm. When she was With her weight. Yeah. Um, So starting to get a little uncomfortable. But honestly, better than Annie because Annie was breech and Mm -hmm. her dome was in my diaphragm and my ribs. And so, man, that was uncomfortable. And this one's actually head down, which praise the Lord for that. Praise the Lord, yeah. It's major. So, yes, I have to go to the bathroom more often, but I can breathe, so I'll take it. Yeah, I feel like it could switch to me. Yeah, I'll definitely take it. Because you got to plan your bathroom trips more frequently. Yeah, for <laughs> real. You don't want to get stuck. That's right. What about you? How are you feeling this close to the birth of our son? Uh, I feel fine about the birth process. I'd like a little bit more time. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not giving it to you. <laughs> I have to. I need to get some things squared away with the business so that I can take some time off and just focus on our family yeah so i want to get that squared away and if he comes early i will not <laughs> so I'm have we actually to... talked about what your business is i don't know i don't know that we have maybe we should if we have feel free to skip the next minute or two yeah. but why don't you tell the audience what your quote-unquote new business is yeah well i've been coaching athletes for the better part of a decade and i still coach athletes but now i coach online and so i um bring on clients to coach one-on-one and predominantly I coach busy young parents and young professionals and these are normally people that have athletic aspirations or athletic backgrounds but really it's anybody that wants to seriously enhance their physique or their abilities and so I work with these people on a one-on-one basis Um, and the way that I describe it to people is you know people just kind of wake up after college you know, four, five, ten years after college, and they mm-hmm. realize, I don't look like I used to look like yeah. <laughs> when I was in college. Yeah. 
Uh, and so I help those people get in better shape than they were in when they were in college. Yeah. And so I do that by delivering um, fitness protocols and custom nutrition strategies uh, and then personal accountability and coaching along the way to make sure that they can actually get where they're trying to go and yeah. cut out the middleman. So they don't have to worry about, is my program working or is this the right diet or am I doing things in the right sequence? We plan out months of training and nutrition in advance so they can be confident they're actually going where they want to go and they're actually moving toward their their ideal physique and not, one, not an unrealistic version of themselves. Yeah. And then two, uh, not the haphazard approach version of themselves where they kind of get some results they like and then they kind of fall off the wagon and then they get frustrated and they try over with a, start over with another try, start over with another diet or another <laughs> exercise regimen. Yeah. I work with them to make sure they get where they want to go. Right. So what would you say is the number one reason people come to you asking for coaching? The number one reason is they don't know what to do in terms of they don't know which things they need to do when, how to do them in the way that gets them their results. Yeah. Most of the people that I work with have worked out before. Sure. They've done training yeah. programs. They've yeah. been athletes, any of that stuff. You don't have to explain to them what a deadlift is. Yeah. They, they know the basics, mm-hmm. but they don't understand why what they're either doing or not doing is not taking them to their ideal version. And then there's a second bracket of people that I work with that are just tired and they don't want to think about their fitness. Oh, yeah. They just want someone else mm-hmm. to give them exactly what they need to do and take out all the frustration of, of wondering and planning and programming and diet strategizing, etc. They yeah. just want someone else to do that heavy lifting so that they can just work out, just eat good food, get great results, and then prioritize the stuff that matters to them. Yeah, their family, do what they're their told. jobs. Yeah. So yeah, these I people just do what they're told. They get great results. They don't have to think about it. Right. The process happens years faster than it would otherwise, mm-hmm. and they can prioritize their families and their careers in the meantime. Yeah. I've heard you say before, the one of the beauties of having a coach is that the coach prioritizes the fitness. Yeah. The person doesn't have to. They just have to show up That's right. and do what the coach says. Yeah. It's my job just to point you in the direction you're supposed to go, make sure you go there, and then I do all of the troubleshooting. Right. I make sure that the program is working, and if it's not, I fix it. Yeah. I make sure your diet protocol is working, and if it's not, I fix it. You don't right. have to do anything. You, you just, just have to show adhere. Up. Yeah, you show up, you do the work, and you tell me what's working and what's not. I fine-tune it for you, mm-hmm. and then you get the result. Yeah, that's awesome. You still have to do the hard work. I can't work out for you. Sure. I can't eat the right foods for you or say no to the wrong foods for you. Yeah. But I can show you exactly how to get there. And we can take you straight to the results you want to get to. Yeah. I was trying to think of like a good metaphor for online fitness coaching. And all I can think of is like, because I'm a professor, (laughs) thinking about a student and a professor relationship. Mm. Like the student still has to do the hard work, but the professor is presenting all the information you need to know. Mm -hmm. Like This is what you need to know. This is what you need to do. These are the skills you need to obtain. And that's kind of your job. You get to, to coach and teach your clients on becoming the best I won't say the best, but the version that they desire to become. Yeah. We're never going to reach our best on this side of eternity. Probably but not. But we can get I, close. I do hope that also the clients that I work with learn enough that they don't need me after a while. Yeah. You're trying to work yourself out of a job. That's right. I want mm-hmm. people to be so competent when they're finished working with me that they don't need to continue working with me to keep getting great results. Yeah. They know it so well, they don't have to pay me anymore. They can just do it themselves. And yeah. the people that want to keep paying me because they enjoy the relationship, awesome. Sure. But the people that just want to learn really fast get great results and understand the systems for themselves they can do that in a matter of months mm-hmm. and then the rest of their life is theirs yeah to do whatever they want to do because they have the tools to make it happen yeah so it's it. a massive shortcut it's not necessary like you don't have to have a coach in right. almost anything right but i guarantee if you want to get better at something fast and you want to stop wasting time a coach is the number one way to do it. i've been coached before yeah and made like exponential leaps yeah, well, and even, learning. yeah, I was just thinking, even with starting a business, right? Mm-hmm. You don't know what you don't know. And That's so right. you want someone else to tell you what you don't know mm-hmm. and how to do it. That's so you right. don't have to figure it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I can learn from their mistakes and their success. Right, without having to do it yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's really awesome. Um, yeah, I don't know if we've ever spent any time talking about that. Yeah. So, okay, well, follow up then, another plug for you. Where do they find you? They can find me on Instagram. That's the, the chief place that I'm at right now. There will be many more offerings in the next year, more opportunities to get engaged with my services. But for right now, if you just go to my Instagram at Jonathan Wilson Official, all one word, then you can find uh, the various 
kind of content that I posted right now, but that's really how you talk to me. If you want to talk to me about my services, slide into your DMs. That's right. You just slide (laughs) my DMs. (laughs) (laughs) All right, cool. Well, today our plan is to talk about how to lift weight to lose weight. There you go. Right. I I love puns and wordplay. So (laughs) this is just like, we could stop the episode right there and I'd be happy. (laughs) Um, But now how do we lift weight to lose weight? First, let's talk about the misconception of resistance training versus cardio training for fat loss or weight loss in general. We've talked about this a little bit before, but let's kind of get into the nitty gritty. Yeah, so the big misconception there are two, the way I see it. The first is that lifting weights makes you bigger, as if that's the only outcome that you could get. Sure. Right. So people are afraid that if they lift weights, they'll get bulky. And so guys and girls will come to me and say, yeah, I'd like to start doing some weight training. I'm not trying to get like jacked or anything. And yeah. my first answer is always, oh, okay, cool. And in my head, I'm thinking, you couldn't get jacked if you wanted to, because I know by name dozens of guys that are pouring their lives into this, trying to get jacked, and are still having a hard time doing it. Yeah, or are taking some sort of performance-enhancing drug yeah. to get to the physique they want. Yeah, <laughs> I can name people that are taking performance-enhancing drugs, trying to get to a special physique that they want, and they're still having a hard time. Right. So it's not easy. And you can waste a lot of time, which again is why a coach is super helpful mm-hmm. because I can take you where you're trying to go faster than you dinking around with 17 different programs in a given year. But people assume that that's what lifting weights is for. It's for getting jacked. Yeah. And it is, but just sure. because you lift a weight does not mean you're all of a sudden going to turn not into a one-to-one correlation. No, you're not going to look like Arnold just because you step into the gym three times a week and lift a dumbbell. Which sometimes is sad. I know. I wish <laughs> I could look like Arnold after three days a week. <laughs> so for some people, it's going to be a relief. For other people, it's going to be disappointing to hear sure. that. Sure. Yeah. You can look like, well, I'm not going to say you can look like Arnold. You can yeah, look there's like a, a lot very of genetics version. there. Yeah, you can look like a very jacked version of yourself with enough time and dedication and correct programming. Yeah, we're talking consistency and longevity there. Yeah, long period of time. And depending on your starting point, it's sure. different. Yeah. So anyway, that's the first misconception is that, and I hear this from guys and girls, but probably more girls that they're afraid that mm-hmm. lifting weights makes you bigger and they want to yep. be smaller. Yep. They want to lose weight. And so lifting weights makes me bigger, so I shouldn't lose weight. That's the first misconception. The second misconception is kind of the, the other side of the same coin, which is the best way to get smaller or to lose weight is to do a bunch of cardio. Yeah, well, I think there's nuance there, right? Because mm-hmm. cardio, you're burning calories. Yeah. You're burning more calories than you are in your 30-minute weight training Odds session. very high, yes. Right? So, and I think that's probably what, um, where the misconception stems from is because if you just spend a month and you say, I'm going to do a month of cardio three to four days a week, mm-hmm. or I'm going to do a month of resistance training three to four days a week, you're going to see results faster if you're burning those calories on the front end. Yeah. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, depending on how intense your resistance training sessions are. Sure. And other mediating factors. But if we could control everything else and yeah. just looked at um, energy burn during a given session. Yeah. If you burn, say, 500 calories in a session of cardio three mm-hmm. times a week and 200 calories in a session of resistance training three right. times a week, then the fat loss effect or the, the the total weight loss effect will likely be more dramatic skewed toward cardio. Right. And if your objective measure is coming from a scale specifically. Right. And only a scale. Yep. You're going to think, oh, well, this is probably the best option for me for weight loss. Right. So let's talk about why that is a misconception. What's not true about that? Well, it, it depends on what you want to look like. Yeah. Right. So mm-hmm. your energy deficit is going to determine your body weight. But if you're eating fewer calories than you burn every day, your body weight will change. Mm -hmm. That's just the way the science works. So I did not originate this this phrase. This guy named Kevin Torres um, originated this phrase. At least he's the first guy that I I saw write it. And he said that your your nutrition, your energy deficit will determine your body weight. Your workouts will determine what you look like at that body weight. Yeah, absolutely. And then your quality of nutrition will determine how you feel at that body weight. I like that a lot. Yeah. So the quantity determines your weight, mm-hmm. the workout determines what you look like, and the quality determines how you feel. Yeah. Which is 100% true because there are several actual research studies of individuals who have done kind of uh, outrageous, what you would call diet. So like only eating at McDonald's for every meal. Mm-hmm. We're only eating at 7-Eleven for every meal. Yeah. There's some YouTube videos out there yeah. too. <laughs> Objectively, 
low quality diets and they'll lose 20 to 40 pounds of weight yep. doing it because all they're doing is restricting the quantity of their calories. Absolutely. Now, they likely don't feel the best. In fact, I, he I heard, I haven't read this one, but I heard there was a Twinkie diet as well mm -hmm. where the only consumption was from Twinkies. Oh, gosh, that makes me feel sick. I don't, I don't <laughs> like Twinkies, so. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I could think of anything that I could eat only ever that thing and feel okay at the yeah. end of the week, let alone That's true. But they lost a ton of weight. They just ate Twinkies for every meal, and they lost a ton of weight. Yeah. So that, that's been proven to be very true, that the quantity determines your body weight, mm -hmm. which means if you don't change your diet and you begin some sort of energy-burning activity, then you're going to lose weight, whether that comes from resistance training, whether the energy reduction, sorry, whether the energy burn comes from resistance training or cardio, mm -hmm. you're going to lose weight. Right. And the intensity or the, the level of energy burn will determine the rate of your weight loss. And cardio is probably going to have a higher short-term rate of energy burn. Right. We're going to just burn more calories by continuous movement than starting and stopping doing resistance training in the gym. Yes. So odds are very high. You'll burn more body weight, not necessarily body fat, but you will lose more body weight faster by doing cardio in the short term than the long term. Right. The issue is you may not actually want to look like you will look like at the end of that phase mm -hmm. by doing just cardio. Now, if you just want to look skinny, there are people out there that literally just want to look small. Right. They, they don't, don't care really about muscle definition. No, they don't care about how their shoulders look or how their arms look or how their legs look. They just want to look very thin. Mm -hmm. And if that's you, then cardio is your bag. Yeah, just absolutely. Just do bunches of that and you'll get where you want to yeah, go. Yeah, and you might be disappointed you if you're doing resistance training. That's right. But the, for the majority of people, I have found it to be true that they, they want muscular definition mm -hmm. they normally call this tone yeah. which we've had a little a little small rant of in the past before on this podcast so i won't get into it now but the idea most of the time when someone says they want to be more toned or they want to look toned what they want is they want to be able to see the muscles mm -hmm. of their arms and shoulders and legs etc and they want to see less fat yeah another uh common misuse um, I, I guess phrase, yeah, another another common phrase I hear is, I just want to turn my fat into muscle. Right. <laughs> which histologically cannot happen. It's impossible. Yeah, you fat can't is fat, muscle tissue. is muscle. Yeah. It can't, fat can't become muscle. There's no magic uh, right. change in equilibrium that can occur that all of a sudden right. makes one tissue you another gotta tissue. You got to burn the fat. You got to build the muscle. That's right. Yeah. And the environment that requires fat burn is opposed to the environment that creates muscle tissue or that builds muscle tissue. Can you tissue. break that down a little more? Yeah, so burning a bunch of energy is how you burn fat mm -hmm. and losing a bunch of energy is ways that prevent muscles from growing. So you right. need m energy available to the body for muscles to grow. Mm -hmm. And if you're burning a bunch of energy, the muscles don't want to grow. <laughs> right. <laughs> because there's not enough resources to build, to use amino acids to build new contractile proteins. Okay. So those, those two are pretty much opposed. We've talked about cases where you could do both at the same time. It's just very rare mm -hmm. in general. So to go back to our kind of toning conversation and why you might not actually want to do cardio as your primary means of fat loss, if you want to look more toned, and people t typically equate tone with looking firm and feeling firm, which mm -hmm. is the true definition of tone, visible muscle definition and lack of fat. Right. Cardio will get you to a lack of overall mass. Mm -hmm. Body it, weight will go down. Body weight will go down. It might not all come from fat. Right. Because muscle, like we just talked about, muscle needs high levels of energy from the body in order to preserve and build itself. Right. If you're not using the muscle, the body will begin to preferentially bias energy, con uh, energy preservation inside the body. If you're in a fat loss environment. In other mm -hmm. words, you're burning more calories than you're eating every day. And if you're in that environment and you're not using the muscles in a way that signals to the body they're required to stay around, mm -hmm. then the body will reduce the size of those muscles. Right. And it will also reduce stores of fat, yeah. but it will do so commiserately. Mm -hmm. And so you just end up looking like a smaller version of yourself. Right. No more tone, no more definition. Yeah. Just, just smaller. Look smaller. Yeah. yeah. And again, like you said, sometimes that is the goal for certain clients or People in general. Right. Now, if you're using those muscles on a regular basis, so we're looking at muscles of the calf and the legs and even mm -hmm. muscles of the core, 
while doing your cardio, well, then they're going to stick around. Right. And so you might get smaller overall. Your arms might get smaller and your shoulders might get smaller and you might not see tons of definition in those, but then you might start seeing some abs. Yeah. It's true that mm -hmm. if you have a low enough level of body fat and you start doing tons of cardio that you might see some abs over time. Absolutely. But I know lots of people that are at low levels of body fat, talking 10 to 15% body fat that do not have abs. Right. And it's because they don't have enough muscle tissue to yeah. see. They, they've got abs. They, they don't have, have visible abs. Yeah, <laughs> that they can't see a six-pack, which right. is what people want. They want yes. to be able to see a six-pack. Yeah. But these people can't see a six-pack. Because there's no... There's no muscle there. Right. There is no definition. Yeah. There's nothing to show. So mm -hmm. you can take all the fat off you want. You don't build the muscle. It's there's, not there. There's nothing there to see. Right. Yeah. So those are the, the kind of big misconceptions. What I have found that people want when they start talking about losing fat and getting toned is they want to see visible muscle with little fat over it. Yep. And only cardio is unlikely to show you visible muscle. Right. You're just not going to get there. You're not going to look firm and lean and muscular. You're just going to look smaller. Mm -hmm. And again, that's fine if that's your goal. Sure. But if your goal is I would like to look lean and muscular, I'd like for people to notice my arms when I wear a short sleeve or a sleeveless shirt. Mm -hmm. I'd like for people to comment on how defined my legs look. Yeah. You're, you're going to need to do something that requires the muscles of those parts of your body, your arms and legs, et cetera, to the stick around. The stimulus has to match. Yeah. You have to have something telling your body you need those tissues. So can you burn fat while lifting weights? Yeah, absolutely. Because fat burn is 100%. Well, I won't say 100%. Fat burn is directly correlated to energy deficit. Right. So anything that gets you into an energy deficit will require fat loss. Right. So, and that could come from the calorie equation, whether it's calories mm -hmm. in or calories out. Yeah. So, so you, you could, could just, just decrease your calories in. That's exactly right. Yeah. You wouldn't want to do that over the long term because eventually you just stop eating. Right. <laughs> right. And your body will become more efficient. This is the interesting thing about the human body, which I love, but it's also why people stop seeing results from cardio mm -hmm. over time. Your body becomes more efficient yep. over time. And so you begin to get more use per calorie of intake right than you did prior so say you do a month of cardio you're running four times a week for 20 minutes a time mm -hmm. or 30 minutes a time something like that if you never changed your system and you just continued to run like that mm -hmm. eventually you'd stop losing weight yep and it would not necessarily be because you didn't do enough activity it would be because the body is not burning as many calories during that activity that it used to right there's a number of ways that it happens. One of them is a metabolic pathway. It's becoming more efficient, right? So you're actually getting better at utilizing energy in the body. And each cycle is getting more effective than the last. And then the second is your running economy is improving. Your body's mm -hmm. actually learning how to use fewer muscles to do the same work. Mm -hmm. And the muscles you're using to run, slow twitch, small diameter muscles, are getting stronger at that movement. They're not getting bigger or more defined. They're just right. getting better. They're more efficient. That's right. Yeah. And so they require less energy as well. Mm -hmm. And they require fewer overall muscles to do the same job. Right. And so by definition, you're burning using less energy. fewer muscles and burning less energy over time. So over time, that same cardio program that lost you 10 or 15 pounds stops working altogether. Yeah. And then you'll have to slash your, your intake again or increase your cardio. Right. And you'll continue to get the similar kind of results until it stops again. Yep. And eventually you'll stop getting results altogether. Yeah. I seem to have a lot of, of people frustrated with plateau when they're just pursuing cardio. That's right. That's the people who express the most frustration are the ones who are pursuing cardio alone. And it can take you pretty far for a long time, especially yeah. if you vary up the cardio. Like yeah. if you increase the pace or you increase the distance or you vary the kind, you know, you're doing biking one day and swimming another and mm -hmm. rowing another and running another. Yeah. You can, you can continue to get a fat burning stimulus for a long time. Right. But eventually it will, you will plateau. Yeah. If you don't change something else, like mm -hmm. the, the dramatic change to the diet or an, um, installing a new fitness system okay so that's what happens if you pursue cardio only those are that's how the we see the body change mm -hmm. what body changes do we see because it's, it's the opposite end right when you build more muscle now you have to burn more calories mm -hmm. right so can you break down that a little bit for the the audience yeah so so muscle building does require more calories right for of the body so mm -hmm. if you have two individuals one of them they both weigh 180 pounds one of them 
is 10% body fat and the other is 30% body fat. Mm -hmm. The one at 10% body fat is likely burning more calories per day, right. just staying alive yeah. than the one at 30% body fat mm -hmm. because the muscle tissue requires energy and fat is energy. Right. Fat is literally stored energy. So the more body fat you have, the less energy you need because you just got storehouses of energy mm -hmm. laying around the body. The less fat you have, the more muscle you have, the more energy you're going to burn during the day. Mm -hmm. And the more you're going to have to eat to stay alive. Yeah. <laughs> That's the basal metabolic rate, the BMR, so yeah. we call it. And so the more muscle you can build, the easier it is to lose weight because mm -hmm. you have a faster burning engine. Right. And this is not likely related to frequency of meals. There was an idea a couple years ago that if you ate six small meals during the day, your metabolism speeds up and you get this faster fat burning engine. It's not mm -hmm. really the case. We haven't seen that in literature. But what we do see is your metabolism will speed up if you require your body to burn more energy on a regular basis. And that happens through increased physical activity mm -hmm. and through increased resting muscle tissue. Right. Just having more lean muscle yeah. will require you to burn more energy every day. Yeah. Now, the increase in BMR, or basal metabolic rate, due to muscle growth over time is relatively small. So we're looking at like over a, a good bulking phase or, or a muscle growth phase. If you add a couple of pounds of muscle tissue, you're probably only gaining between 50 and 250 calories per day on your BMR. That's a pretty big uh, range, That's too. That's huge. <laughs> yeah. So you could have great results and, and less great results depending on the person but say you had medium results mm -hmm. 150 calories a day that's 150 calories more per day you get to eat yeah. that's another snack yeah that's straight up another snack or if you don't eat it how much faster you could burn that energy right yeah so you're just increasing the multiplier by mm -hmm. which you can use to burn fat yeah and if we have the opposite happening with the cardio right we have the Getting other end efficient. of the equation you might find that in the long-term results, the changes in the BR, BMR are more significant. Yeah, they get worse. Right. So instead of burning 1,800 calories to stay alive, now you only need to burn 1,500 calories to stay alive, and then right. 12, and then 800. Yeah. And now you have to do 2,000 calories worth of activity mm -hmm. to get up to 2,800 calories. Right. You know? And for most people, that's probably not necessary. That'd be something yeah. that I would have to do. But yeah. if you're thinking about doing activity to get up just to 2,000, you have to burn 1,200 calories a day mm -hmm. to get to a 2,000-calorie-a-day diet. And that would just be neutral. You would be gaining and losing zero weight. Right. D I, I don't know why that just triggered this for me, but it made me think about um, activity trackers, like mm -hmm. specifically Apple Watches, because yeah. you'll see people post pictures of their Apple Watch all the time sure. when they did a 30-minute class at the gym, mm -hmm. and it says they burned like 1,200 calories. Mm -hmm. That I feel like that makes people uh, frustrated because <laughs> <in the long laughs> it's not true. Or it gives them false confidence. <laughs> yes, exactly. And then in the long term, they get frustrated because right. like, well, my app told me I burned 1200 calories in this 30 minute session. So I should have been able to eat the piece of pizza and drink right. my Coke tonight. Right. And so they do. Yeah. And then they gain weight. They gain weight. That's right. <laughs> because the tracker is not right. <laughs> yeah. The tracker is woefully inconsistent. This has been well validated in the literature and Very by most, so. most people's experience. And yeah. Anecdotally. There, there are bizarre differences between trackers. So you mm -hmm. look at Apple Watch versus Samsung Watch versus a Garmin versus, versus a Whoop, a Whoop. Yep. versus a Fitbit. And they give you dramatically different results. I mean, I've yeah. had in the thousands mm -hmm. of differences between trackers. And that's not to say there's not a place for it. Yeah. But you have to match it with your other objective data. That's right. Or you're just going to get really frustrated. If you only go based off of your activity tracker, mm -hmm. you are going to be misled. Yeah, big time. Because you're going to assume, oh, wow, I burned 3,000 calories today. I should be able to eat whatever the heck I want. at night yeah. or, or whatever. And it could be small and you're just not losing weight. And it's yeah. very frustrating. But faith in the tracker is is the very lowest on the totem pole thing I could say you could right. rely on. Right. Because you still have to validate, like you said, with your objective measures. And mm -hmm. if your objective goal is weight loss and your tracker says you're burning 4,000 calories in mm -hmm. a day and you're eating 2,000 calories in a day and you're not losing weight, well, the tracker is wrong. Right. Because, you know, roughly 3,500 is a pound of fat. Yeah. So you should be burning a, lot. a pound of fat almost a day. Yeah, that's significant. And if you're losing no weight then the tracker's wrong. Exactly. <laughs> it's not your body that's wrong, it's the tracker. Yeah, and that's <laughs> consistently over time. Every day you should be losing that much. If that's how big your energy right. gap is, yes. Right, Okay, sorry, that was definitely a sidebar. But mm. I've, I, it like irks me just a little bit when mm -hmm. I see people post those, and mm -hmm. not because they're posting them, but because I think, gosh, you're being misled. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. And I don't think it's intentionally um, misinforming the audience on the behalf of the tracker. Right. I just think it's, it's just the, really it's the difficult. Of a tracker. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I agree with that. I don't think there's any sort of uh, backdoor agenda yeah. with Apple trying to no. tell you. In fact, I love that they're trying to get people more active. Yeah, dude. They're always reminding you to, to yeah. take more breaths and close your loops or, and take more steps and stand yeah, up. Yeah, that's whatever. wonderful. Yeah, those are great things. Yeah. All right. Where were we? Resistance training. <laughs> Resistance training. <laughs> yeah, and fat loss. Yeah. So the goal for resistance training then is both to increase the BMR, right? I want to be able to burn more calories just sitting around mm-hmm. um, and to burn calories during the session itself. Like I don't want to not burn calories in this session. Yeah. And the only way you're going to do that is by actually using relative intensity in your workouts. So you're going to have to work out kind of hard yeah. to burn a decent amount of calories. What do you, how would you define that relative intensity? I like uh, intensity of difficulty as a proximity to failure. Yeah. So... You know, we need to be within three reps from failure almost any time we're lifting a weight doing mm-hmm. resistance training yeah. or it's really not a profitable yeah. session. Right. So if you're at least three reps from failure, probably closer to two on most of your sessions, then you're probably at a pretty good intensity. But then another gauge is just like, do you sweat? <laughs> Are yeah. you out of breath at all? Like for a lot of people that go to the gym, I've seen people lift at the gym. They're like, you're not sweating. You're chatting with your bros in between sets. Like it may work on a couple different levels for certain physiological characteristics you're trying to develop. But if you're mm-hmm. just trying to burn energy and you want to make your workouts conducive to fat loss, you're going to need to be a little bit more intense about the yeah, way you do Yeah, there's a way more efficient way to do it. Yeah, taking less rest, using exercises that require more overall muscle tissue mm-hmm. than, you know, just a, a machine leg press, or excuse yeah. me, a machine leg extension versus a back squat, for instance. You're going right. to burn way more calories doing yeah. a back squat than in a leg extension. So there's a bunch of things you could do in there. But the goal of this phase would be preserve muscle tissue maybe you can build some odds are pretty low i wouldn't bank on that but preserve muscle tissue and then get rid of the fat Mm -hmm. and so i have to require my my uh body to keep the muscle tissue so i have to stimulate i have to send a muscle growth stimulus to all the muscles i want to keep so if i'm trying to see more definition of my arms and shoulders i gotta train my arms and shoulders regularly at least twice a week and then i need to be doing something that's going to require an energy deficit of my body Mm -hmm. which i would say could depending on who you are could just come from your resistance training exercise but should probably also include physical activity outside of your resistance training protocol i was just about to ask you so is there is there a perfect world where there's a marriage between resistance training and cardio where you get what the the people call tone Mm -hmm. right where they're getting the fat burn and getting the muscle build simultaneously i'll also just go ahead and throw in there um we know not everyone you and i know you can't spot fat right. uh spot fat burn yes is that the way i'm trying to say spot that Spot burn fat yeah, yeah. There, you can't be like can't i want to burn off. the fat on my what do people call these uh, the arms <laughs> <laughs> she's shaking her arm for people that can't see which is everybody <laughs> uh, they call them like some kind of wing i have no uh, idea baby uh, well i can't think of it right now um pregnancy burn you can't just burn the fat on your arms. Correct. Right. You can't spot burn. Can't preferentially burn fat right. from a certain part of your body. But you can build muscle preferentially. Yes. You can choose that. So, anyways, what is there a, a perfect balance between resistance training and cardio that could more quickly get someone to that that what they're calling their goal of tone, which is what we're calling less fat, more muscle. My argument would be sort of. Uh, again, there's no way to do it via preferential change, right? right? I can't make fat come off of one part of my body as opposed to somewhere else Mm -hmm. where the fat comes off your body is essentially FIFO, right? So there's this, have you ever heard of the acronym FIFO? First in, first out. Okay. It comes from the food service industry, right? So if I buy a bunch of bananas and I'm serving bananas in a smoothie to people, I need to put the bananas into smoothies that I bought the longest to go. Sure. So that yeah, I, yeah. I keep make sure that stuff doesn't expire. Right. So first in, first out applies really to fat loss too. Where you last gain the fat, however, is the concepts in reverse. The mm. where you last gain the fat is where it's gonna come off first. So okay. it's FOFI, I guess. Okay. It's the inverse of FIFO. Gotcha. So basically wherever you wherever the last spot to lay down fat was in your body, we'll that's be the first where it's gonna place come you burn off it from. First. Okay. Yeah. So that it's makes the inverse sense. of FIFO. Uh, which means if you've had, you know, stubborn fat for a long time. It's going to be the hardest to burn. It's going to be the hardest to burn. Yeah. yeah. And it depends on your fat deposition pattern. So mm-hmm. everyone stores fat differently on their body. Right. In general, most guys store more fat on their belly and girls on their hips. Mm-hmm. In general, that's not true for everybody. Right. But those are called the android and gynecoid fat deposition patterns. Right. Or gynoid fat deposition patterns. So um, to get stubborn fat off, you just have to continue to lose fat. Mm-hmm. So if you want to get stubborn belly fat off, 
You just have to lose fat and continue to lose it until it comes off. Right. And some people don't like how they feel having dieted that long yeah. and it may not be worth it for some people. Yeah. For other people, if you don't have tons of fat to lose, or maybe this isn't quote unquote stubborn fat, this is just something you've noticed in the last couple months. You're like, oh, I don't think I like the way my arms look right now. Mm-hmm. And they didn't used to look at this a couple months ago. And it won't mm-hmm. take long and it won't be super hard. Sure. So it depends on what you're trying to do. So anyway, back to the marriage of fat loss and, and muscle definition. My argument is, yes, there is a way to blend both cardio and resistance training to get to your ideal physique. And my argument for accomplishing that is you need to pick the most effective versions of both mm-hmm. to get where you're trying to go. So right. you need to use the most effective version of gaining or retaining muscle in your workouts. And you need to use the most effective means of losing fat. Do you think that looks the same for everyone? No, I don't. I think preference has a lot to say about it. And I also think there are people that d- genetically just have bigger arms than other people or mm-hmm. stronger legs or whatever. You know, you right. and I both know people that have just massive legs and barely train them. Yeah. And other people that have large arms and don't train them, mm-hmm. you know. and for He's people, talking about me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> jacked kidding. arms, baby. <laughs> for people that want those things, it can be very frustrating to see other people who are just genetically yeah. predisposed to yes, have those things. it's very frustrating. But, um, so it's not cookie cutter. However, it is generally... Uh, true in theory for all people. So what I mean by that is if you and I both want to do the same thing, want to keep a bunch of muscle and lose a bunch of fat, you might do slightly different workouts, but we're both going to need to do hypertrophy-based workouts Mm -hmm. for resistance training. That's going to require muscle tissue to stick around. Mm -hmm. And then we're both going to need to find a way to get an energy deficit. The way that we get in the energy deficit really doesn't matter, provided that we're able to do it sustainably over the long term. Yeah. So we're looking at cardio. Sure, you can do mm-hmm. cardio. If you do cardio in a way that makes it very difficult for you to do your resistance training, that's not sustainable for the long term. You shouldn't do that. Yeah, we're probably looking at closer to low to moderate intensity yeah. there. We're not yeah. we're not hitting the 10K trail run. That's right. Yeah, because if you're trying to get jacked quads and you do a 10K trail run the day before your leg workout, you're going to have a bad leg workout. Yeah. And your body's not going to want to keep that quad muscle around right. during a fat loss phase. So... Physical activity is my preferred way to view that. Mm-hmm. So you could call it zone two. You could call it, you know, brisk walking. Yeah. I tell my athletes walk like you're trying to go somewhere. You know, like <laughs> if you're going to go on a walk and this walk is supposed to increase your calorie output. Yeah. Walk like you're trying to get to class. Trying to catch a bus. Yeah. yeah. You're trying to, to beat a crowd in the mall. You know, mm-hmm. like you're trying to go somewhere. Don't just walk. You're not like sauntering. You're, yeah, you're not yeah. sauntering. Now that's not bad. It's not an evening constitution. That's right. But <laughs> if you are trying to, to make it an, an actually calorie burning situation, you kind of, you want to walk with purpose right you don't have to like i the way that i'm burning fat right now i'm doing it without particular effort and with no extra cardio yeah and so i'm just walking around the way i normally walk which is kind of fast like i walk kind of fast on average Mm -hmm. uh but i'm not doing anything particularly strenuous right but you're also in a fairly significant uh caloric deficit yeah because i just came out of a very large caloric surplus Surplus. (laughs) so now just getting to a a deficit is not too hard for me so i don't have to do a bunch of of uh output right now and I'm still losing about a pound and a half to two pounds a week which is what I recommend so whatever method lets you lose about a pound and a half to two pounds a week if that's intentional cardio if it's just physical activity if it's rucking if it's biking if it's just changing your diet Mm -hmm. as long as you can sustain it over the long term and you compare that with a very well designed hypertrophy program you're going to get to your result the fastest Mm -hmm. you're going to get to defined muscle and less fat very fast yeah or the fastest that you can do it without taking Soviet sports supplements or performance enhancing drugs. Right. Okay, I like it. I feel like that's a a good uh, a good marriage. Right. Yeah. So it's you need efficiency on both ends. Mm-hmm. If if you're gonna focus on anything, mm-hmm. uh, hypertrophy. Yes. Right. Yes. Not the high ends of cardio. Mm-hmm. In fact, those would actually probably negate each other. Yeah, I would agree. Uh, so. Focus in on hypertrophy. If your goal is to be muscular. Right. To look lean and look toned. Right. So building muscle while lower levels of fat burning activity Mm -hmm. or just being in a greater deficit. Mm -hmm. Now, if you don't necessarily care about looking super lean and you just or super muscular and you just kind of look kind of sort of muscular, then there's tons of stuff you can do. Mm -hmm. Orange Theory, CrossFit, HIIT, like all that stuff. All that stuff works. Mm -hmm. They just won't make you the most muscular. 
Right. So if you want to look the most lean and the most muscular, then mm -hmm. you should do the things that require those big stimuli. But if you just want to look lean, you just want to look muscular and fit, and there's tons of stuff that you can Absolutely. do that kind of do both at once. Yeah, and if you enjoy doing it, yeah. do you love that. CrossFit, you love Orange Theory, you love HIT classes or whatever, yeah. crush it. Go do it. Absolutely. That's kind of how I found out that I enjoyed resistance training in the first place. Because mm -hmm. I remember, so being a high school athlete, uh, we had a coach come in my, I guess, between my sophomore and junior year. And boy, did she put us in the weight room. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like I'd never really experienced that before. And I grew a lot of muscle. Yeah. I uh, was obviously burning a lot of fat because I was playing basketball, volleyball, and softball. Um, but I didn't really love it at that time. Well, I don't th I remember you telling me some stuff and I thought, I don't, that's like borderline dangerous. Some of the stuff y'all were doing. Oh yeah, gym. absolutely. Like it deficit was. Deficit deadlifts for like a 12 year old. Well, I was in Not high school, but also oh, okay. it was Still. a loaded barbell. It was like 135 standing on a plyo <laughs> box, and I wasn't allowed to <laughs> not go below my feet. And I have tight hamstrings. Yeah, that's How insane. I can still stand upright, I'm not sure. Yeah. Uh, and, well, anyways, we won't go there. So didn't really love going to the gym. I liked the results I was getting. Right, but, but that's, that was your memory of the gym. That's what you associate yeah, the gym with. Yeah, and I also was pairing that with miles and miles of sprints yeah, outrageous amounts of running yeah i was outrageous but just high levels of athletic appropriate running. amount for the yeah. sport i was playing yeah. um, outrageous for the normal person yeah but yeah. for a, a elite if athlete, i were to try to do that right normal. now i would die sure. <laughs> <laughs> um and so then when i when i got to college my preferred form of exercise well was <laughs> intramurals <laughs> sure, yeah. well, that's what i wanted to do like physical activity wise but i just thought if i'm gonna go work out i thought i either am gonna go for a run get on the elliptical mm -hmm. jump on a bike because i wasn't super confident yeah. in the other stuff um you had a bad coach yeah well and she just someone gave her a program that was appropriate right. for basketball players to her knowledge sure she had no background in strength and conditioning yeah it's not her fault necessarily and, and we still saw good results yeah um, anyways, so Which builds my belief, by the way, that like most programs work 80% of programs. If you just do it, you're going to get a result it'll of work. some yeah. kind. Yeah. So anyway, so then I just ran pretty much, mm -hmm. um, played a lot of intramurals, but I didn't do any resistance training. And then a friend of mine started doing these hit workouts and was like, Hey, do you want to do these mm -hmm. with me? And they had like minimal amounts of resistance training. Yeah, small dumbbells and that kind of thing. Yeah, kettlebells. small It started with body weight, then added on some small dumbbells, some kettlebells. And I started really loving it. Yeah. And then I got the courage to start going and messing around in the gym mm -hmm. and actually throwing around a little bit of weight. Mm -hmm. Found out about Olympic weightlifting. Thank you, Johnny Wilson. Clanging and banging. Also, Sarah Hartsfield, my girl. Uh, I think her amount of confidence in the gym is what really pushed me to be like, I can mm -hmm. do this. Mm -hmm. I saw another girl doing things I wanted to do and who wasn't scared to try it. Mm -hmm. And so I and started. She's gotten better since then. Yeah, absolutely. Because that was, gosh. Oh, my gosh. That was a long, long time, time ago. ago. Yeah. It was like seven, Six, seven years, years ago. Yeah. Um, and then I was like, oh, wow, I actually really enjoy your resistance training. Mm -hmm. So th now that's what I do. Mm -hmm. A little bit of cardio in there, too. So finding something that you enjoy and being consistent with it. That's the main thing. Yeah. As long as it's not um, counteracting your goals. Yeah, exactly. Or just counterproductive in general. Right. So if you have very specific goals, you have to have a very specific you strategy. Yes. If your goal is just, I want to lose weight and feel better, find what it is that there's, gets you there. Yeah, there's tons of options. And you might have to play around. It took me a while to figure out what my ideal because uh, so, when I ask you, like, what's the perfect marriage? Well, mm. I know what that is for me. Right. Not necessarily even goal-based, but just what makes me feel the best. What makes you happy. Yeah. To me, that's that's my best. Mm. And yours looks a little different than mm -hmm. that. I'm sure all of our listeners look a little different. But mm. there is an ideal if there's a very specific goal. Yeah. And that's the issue that I've run into with most people is they have a general stated goal and a super specific internal goal. Mm -hmm. Like they have this idea, they tell me, ah, I just kind of want to tone up. Inside, they want to look like Gal Gadot. Yeah. Like, okay, well, <laughs> those are two different things. Like just kind of losing some weight, you could do that 16 different ways. You want to look like a CrossFit athlete? Yeah, like I want to look like Tia Claire Toomey. Tia Claire Toomey? Yeah. yeah, okay, well, you're going to have you to have do to train exactly like Claire what Tia Claire Toomey does and <laughs> eat the way that she eats and have her body. Yeah, like, there's like three other people in the world that can do that. that literally. <laughs> So I do think it's important that you have realistic expectations for your own body. Like yeah. don't come into the the process with these very loose goals like, eh, I just kind of want to tone up. 
But in your head, you're thinking, I want to look like this very specific chiseled yeah. version of myself. That's like buying a fixer upper and expecting it to look like your neighbor's house. Yeah. That you think is really pretty and really right. awesome, Already but remote, the blueprint is absolutely yeah. not the not same. Even the same house. Yeah, you got to start with what you got. Right. Yeah. And that's why I've I've said this before. I like using older pictures or just mm -hmm. memories or performance goals I've hit in the past to build my goals on. Because mm -hmm. I'm just going to constantly be frustrated if I think by the end of 2024 I want to look and perform like Tia Claire to me. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm I'm not going to get there. Yeah, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Unless you do some very serious targeted stuff. Right. So again, if you really do have general goals and you really do have general expectations, then general approaches are great. Yep. Use the general concepts we talked about, get you some resistance training, get you some cardio and go to town and you'll be fine. Yep. The more specific you want to get, the more specific your protocols mm -hmm. have to be. Absolutely. And that's why I work with clients. That's because no, most of the time they have specific ideas of who they want to look like or what they want to look like, Right. but they don't know exactly what to do or how to do it mm -hmm. to get where they want to go. And I have trained athletes that want to look specific ways and help them to look those ways. Yeah, and, and have created some systems that streamline that process. And they work yep. time and time again because they're actually pretty nonspecific. They're based on scientific principles, mm -hmm. not on this one person that I got results for. Exactly. They're based on the science that works. Mm -hmm. So I can be pretty confident that it's going to work for you because it's not based on an individual. It's based on the results that science provides. Right. That's been validated in literature and tried time and time again Across by older populations yeah. with multiple different types of genetics and yeah. multiple backgrounds. Yeah. Exactly. So I think that a coach is very useful in that regard. If you have, even if you have general ideas that you want to results and you just don't have a clue of how to get started, then go find someone that's a professional yeah. that knows exactly how to get you started and will help you not waste your time and it will help you stay consistent and keep right. you accountable and make sure you're doing the things that are going to actually make you look the way that you want to look. Yeah, and I think w how you followed up that statement, because I, I was about to interrupt you and say, we don't mean on social media, right? Yeah. <laughs> because the first part you said, like, go find someone. Like, yeah, there are plenty of influencers out there that you might think, I want to look like this. Sure. Maybe they're genetically blessed. Maybe they actually do have the, the scientific background. Yeah, they could. But you need that accountability, mm -hmm. and you need, honestly, I think one of the biggest things is someone to help you troubleshoot. Yes, dude. And, and, that's not where you're going to find it. No. Right. I, you can find seen, some inspiration on there for sure. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But I have seen people doing workouts that would get nobody else results. Mm -hmm. Like no one else that did your workout would get your results. Yes. You got them. Who uh -huh. knows how or why. And I've also seen this. I've seen people presenting workouts to other people and doing workouts in private that actually build them the body they got. Mm, so they're presenting. Yeah, it is. They're presenting, hey, this is the workout to build a booty, and they're doing this, whatever. Or this is how you get abs, and they're doing this. Mm -hmm. And then their workout doesn't look like that. Their real private workout doesn't look like that. Yeah. So they're showing you a type of workout to build this quote-unquote body, and they built their body another way. Yeah, or the same thing with people who claim to be naturals, right? Oh, yeah. Then they sell you a program Gosh, to look it. like the way they look. Yeah. But they don't tell you about the steroids they're on. That's right, yeah. Because you can burn fat and build muscle if you're taking steroids. You absolutely can. If you're yeah. taking SARMs, you're taking a testosterone booster, or you're taking um, exogenous hormones, precursors or pro-hormones, or you're taking synthetic steroids, yeah, you can actually build muscle and burn fat at the same time. Yeah. But if you sell somebody a program that says this is how you build muscle This is and how burn you fat, look like me. Yeah, and you're taking steroids and they're not going to be, mm -hmm. you're a liar. Absolutely. Straight up. Yes. Because you're not giving someone the full information and yeah. you're presenting them a result they're not going to get. Yeah. That's like one of my biggest pet peeves. I'm, I'm pretty big on integrity and mm -hmm. that's like the biggest X to me. It's like, yeah. you're not, you're not who you say you are. That's right. Yeah. You're and an airbrushed image. Yes. And exactly. you're making other people think that what you do is what's going to get me results. And you're profiting off of it. Yeah. You're making money Ugh. off of that. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah. I'm not saying that natural lifters can't look jacked. I know oh, plenty absolutely. that do. You look jacked, honey. Well, <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> but I do, I'm with you. I do not like people who present one thing, profit off of it, and do something different. Yeah. And there's without another thing. I was just about to say, there's another thing about the person who is honest about that. Yeah. Who says, like, yeah, this is the work I got to do, but I also. I'm on SARMs. Dude, the people that, Re Renaissance Periodization, one of my favorite um, content creators, mm -hmm. are super honest about being on steroids. Yeah. They tell you straight up, yeah, I want steroids. Yeah, they're massive. Yeah, and, and they look like it. And they sell hypertrophy training, well, all kinds of training, all nutrition, kind of training. Yeah. coaching, all of this stuff. But they don't lead you to believe that you're going to look like them 
just based off that. No, and they have videos explaining that, like mm-hmm. why steroids would make you bigger yeah. and what could be harmful because of it. Right. Like they're very honest. So I really appreciate that approach. Absolutely. I have no problem with people building programs and making money off of it, even while taking steroids. Mm-hmm. But if you're as long not as they're honest, honest about it. yeah, if you're not yeah. honest, I have a big problem with that. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Any last things you want to add about why you should lift weight to lose weight? I think uh, what you said is very important, that you need to find something you love to do. But I don't think you always have to love every phase. Yeah, right? You could be doing, like, if you really want to look good for a vacation or something, mm-hmm. you don't have to love 12 weeks of your training. Yeah. You could actually hate it for 12 weeks and get a great result mm-hmm. and then just do stuff after that that you love to maintain it. Like, that's yeah. not a problem. I don't see that being a problem at all. Yeah. Uh, so I, but I think in the long run, we're talking five, six, seven years from now, you've mm-hmm. got to be doing something that you love mm-hmm. because otherwise you're just going to give up yeah. and you're going to go back to, or be worse than mm-hmm. where you were before. Absolutely. But then I think, um, anybody who wants to streamline the process should work with a coach or at the very least should investigate learning for themselves, how to build a program yeah. or the science for themselves mm-hmm. or buying a program from a trusted source that really works and then just sticking with it. Right. Because it'll it'll take away the fog of confusion when you're trying to do something and you're like, I hope this is going to work. Like, mm-hmm. I would like to lose 30 pounds or I would like to gain a bunch of muscle and, like, I think it'll work. But you're just not sure. And that place, that place of uh, a lack of confidence is not how you make long-term results. Yeah. You're going to give up on that program. Absolutely. You're going to give up on the, the total effort of mm-hmm. trying to go to the gym or to lose weight. Versus working with somebody that's going to keep you accountable or even just using a yeah. good a program that you enjoy. Well, it's like learning to play an instrument, right? You mm-hmm. can learn on your own. Yeah, And totally. there's YouTube videos. Yep. There's all kinds of ways that you can do that. But if you hire um, a teacher, yeah. Yeah, you're going to learn a little faster. Yeah, and you're going to feel more confident in the process. Yep. And you're going to be able to show off to your friends. My and you're also going to – there's also um, – you're allowed to say to that person, I'm paying you and I haven't learned yet. And I'm doing what you say. Mm-hmm. So what's going on here? Mm-hmm. Like for your clients, if they're not getting results That's and they're right. adhering to what you're telling them to do, mm-hmm. it's now on you. That's right. Not them. That's right. Yeah. And then they have the decision to continue to work with me or not. Yeah. But I have guarantees for my clients that if they don't get the result, they don't have to work for me and they don't have to pay me. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I think we're at a good place to, to wrap it up. I enjoyed this one. I hope you, you guys in the audience did as well. Um, But yeah, if you've got any questions about weightlifting, uh, specifically for losing weight, or if you just don't understand hypertrophy hypertrophy training, what that looks like, um, let us know. That's something we could break down a little more for you guys. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, we want to try to get some more resources out there, Mm -hmm. not just this is our podcast and... This is, yeah, this is a coach you can work with, which, mm-hmm. of course, we would love you all to work with, Johnny. Sure. <laughs> but we want to know what friction are you feeling mm-hmm. because that, one, helps us create content that is beneficial for you, mm-hmm. but then maybe even some other resources that you're not just listening on here, but something we can give you to hold in your hand and read mm-hmm. over and apply. Mm-hmm. So let us know what are your stress points. Uh, we would, that's what we're here for. We want to remove those for you if we can. So let us know. Leave us a, a comment or a question in our Q&A section on the podcast. Hit Johnny up on Instagram. That's right, at Jonathan Wilson Official. Yeah, give him a follow in there. He's uh, mm-hmm. he's posted some pretty cool reels mm-hmm. recently. <laughs> I um, think they're funny. Yeah, they're funny. They, they make me laugh, but Good. Uh, I'm probably biased. Mm, maybe so. All right, so we'll sign off for now. We'll catch you guys on the next one. See you in the next episode.